Hey everyone, thanks for checking out Limitless Podcast. We are the young adult community of House of Prayer Church in San Antonio, Texas. Our hope and our prayer is that through this message, you will be encouraged and inspired to know Jesus more, no matter where you are on your faith journey. Enjoy the message. But tonight I'm excited to be starting a new series, or it's going to be a three-week series. It's called uh, Life in the Overflow. Say that word with me, overflow. Overflow. Life in the overflow. So let's bow our heads, let's close our eyes, and let's just welcome the Holy Spirit. Holy Spirit, thank you. Thank you so much for uh, this time we have together tonight. God, it is an honor, it is a privilege, God, to be able to worship you, God, uh, here in this house, God, to be, wor- to be able to worship you freely. Lord, I just pray over this word tonight, God, that you've given me. I pray that your word goes forth. Lord, open up our hearts. Anything you want to do in our hearts, anything you want to do in our lives, anything you want to speak to us, God, just help us to, to understand, help us to listen, God, what, what, to what you're speaking to us tonight, God. And I pray that the enemy would not take this word away from us, God, and I pray it will produce a, a great harvest, 30, 60, and 100 fold. In Jesus' name I pray, and everybody says amen. Uh, Psalm 23, uh, verse 5, this is actually King David speaking. Um, This is a very popular passage, Psalm 23. It's uh, it's a passage I encourage you to uh, memorize, lots of great stuff in here. It's uh, where it starts off as the Lord is my shepherd, I shall not want. But uh, starting in verse 5, it says, You prepare a table before me in the presence of my enemies. You anoint my head with oil, and my cup overflows. Say that word with me again, overflows. Surely your goodness and love will follow me all the days of my life, and I will dwell in the house of the Lord forever. Doesn't that sound amazing? So God has called us um, to live life in the overflow. See, too many people are living life on empty, and God has not called us to live life on empty and uh, empty of his spirit, all right? And, and even, he, does, he hasn't even called us to live full. He's called us to live in the overflow, all right? And I'm gonna show y'all what that means here in a moment. Um, but John chapter seven, this is a, a cool passage of scripture. This is where um, Jesus, uh, if I could get there, John chapter seven. And I'm sorry, we don't have the screen tonight. Um, we're, we're missing brother Simon over there tonight, but he's the one that usually does that. Uh, so you could just write these notes down um, for later, and you, could, and you could study them later. But John chapter 7, this is actually uh, Jesus speaking at the climax of this festival, starting in verse 37. It says, on the last day, the climax of the festival, Jesus stood and shouted to the crowds. Check out this invitation he gives. Anyone who is thirsty may come to me. Is there anyone here who's thirsty? You know that word thirsty, how uh, you how young people use that word these days. They're just like, they're thirsty. Or they're thirsting after me or whatever, right? There's too many people out there who are thirsty, right? Everybody out there is thirsty. And Jesus is talking to you, all right? He says, if anyone out there is thirsty, come to me. Anyone who believes in me may come and drink. For the scriptures declare, rivers of living water will flow from his heart. When he said living water, he was speaking of the Spirit, who would be given to everyone believing in him. But the Spirit had not yet been given because Jesus had not yet entered into his glory. Um, 
He said, rivers of living water will flow. I want to tell you all guys uh, something tonight, young people. God has called us to be rivers, not reservoirs. See, rivers, rivers flow, all right? God wants to be able to flow through you. Reservoirs do not flow. They just kind of sit still with whatever junk uh, enters into them. So uh, I want to encourage y'all that, that God is calling us to live from the over, uh, over, uh, overflow. Can't even get that word out. God has not called us to li- barely be getting by in our faith. See, too, ma- too many times we're, we're barely getting by. We have one foot in and another foot out. Um, one day we're on a high with our faith in God, and the next day we're, we don't even believe in God, <laughs> right? Or we have a bunch of doubts. But he, he has not called us to be independent from him. You see, this world is very independent from God. This world does not depend on, on the Lord Jesus. Very independent. And, and uh, this world that we're living in, completely independent from God. Uh, everybody wants to take God out of everything. Right? It started out with prayer in schools and things. And everybody wants to, this world wants to take God out. Because it's just like the scripture says that, that Satan is the God of this world. He's the ruler of this world. And of course, that's what he wants to do is he wants to push God out of everything. Uh, they want to separate church from everything. And, 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 peop, and the government and, and just culture wants to say, okay, you could have your church over there as long as you don't push that on me as long as you don't bring those values and those principles over here. But yet culture wants to push all their values and all their beliefs on you, right? And us as a church. And that's why there's a scripture that's so powerful that says, do not be conformed to this world, but be transformed by the renewing of your mind. See, the church, uh, it's sad, but many churches, many Christians are being conformed to the world, conformed with culture, they're going with the flow. They're going with what everybody is telling them, what Hollywood's telling them, what social media is telling them. But God has not called us to live that way. He's called us to live dependent on him. And sadly, many Christians um, and many people even in leadership, pastors, are running on empty, living on fumes. Is there anybody here who uh, drives and you wait till the last possible second to put gas right? I hate putting gas with a, a passion. <laughs> I just, I don't know. I hate stopping. I hate having to pull out my card and swipe it and touch the nasty gas pump that's never sanitized, right? And then you just sit there and just have to wait for it to pump and it just takes forever. I don't know. I mean, it's, just, it's just me. Um, but a lot of times we, we live like that as Christians. We wait to the last possible moment or we're trying to give out. We're trying to live life on fumes. We're trying to live on empty and we're getting nowhere. But, but God's not calling us to live that way. And here's um, where many people have the wrong perspective and the reason people live like that. It's because a lot of people have the perspective where they eventually think God is asking too much of me. He's asking too much of my time. He's asking too much of my effort. He's asking too much sacrifice. And let me tell you something. God is not asking too much of you. Let me tell you something, something different, all right? God's not asking a lot of you. He's asking for all of you. I'm going to say that again. God's not asking a lot from you. He's asking for all of you. And here's the good news about that is, is when he has all of you, he also has all of your problems. 
He also has all of your struggles. He also has all of your burdens. He has all of your worries. And when he has all of you, he has all of your sin too. So God wants all of you. But when he doesn't have all of you, then you're the one with the problems. You're the one with the worries. You're the one with the burdens. And you're the ones with the struggles. So we we can't live half-heartedly. We have to live wholeheartedly for God. And and people think that God is trying to take, take good things away from them. When in reality, he's not trying to take good things away from from you. He's trying to take the not-so-good things away from you out of your life and replace them with God things, with better things. And and a lot of times as Christians, we could think so small and we can't see the bigger picture. We can't see the bigger perspective, the heavenly perspective. And we think, oh, God's trying to take him away from me. (laughs) Or God's trying to take her from me. Or God's trying to take this from me. And and no, he, he he has better things for us. Amen? He wants to replace good things with God things. Matthew, check this out, Matthew eleven twenty eight. This is a great scripture. I love it, and I'm going to read it in two translations. But uh, Matthew eleven twenty eight says, Then Jesus said, Come to me, all of you who are weary and carry heavy burdens. Just look at that. It says burdens, plural, all right? And I will give you rest. Take my yoke upon you. Let me teach you because I am humble and gentle at heart and you will find rest for your souls. For my yoke is easy to bear and the burden, singular, I give you is light. So notice that he's saying, come, come and give me your burdens, plural, and I'll give you a burden, just one burden. Any of you want to know what that burden is? You're going to have to wait for part three of this series, all right? <laughs> but notice that. He, he wants to take all your worries. He wants to take your burdens. He wants you to give them your, your worries, your struggles, your sin, everything that's weighing down on you, and he wants to replace it with his burden. All right, and I'm going to talk more about that in, in this uh, series in the coming weeks. But this week, we're going to focus on the first step to living in the overflow, okay? The first step to living life in the overflow which is the title of this message is emptying yourself. The first step to living in the overflow is emptying yourself. All right. And that's the, that's what I'm going to talk about tonight. So like I mentioned a moment ago, God is calling us to be rivers. Okay. He wants to flow through us. He doesn't want us to be reservoirs where he flows into us and we just stay there and that's it and do nothing with it and just collect junk. All right. Rivers flow into other outlets. We had to remember that. And I want to uh, give you an illustration. Uh, Jim, I don't know if you mind helping me move this table closer over here if you can. All right, so I've never done anything like this before, so hopefully it works out for me. If it doesn't, it's all right. <laughs> um, also, would you mind holding this mic, Gemma? I'm sorry. He's my, he's my personal assistant tonight. All right. Um, but I want you to see something here. See, so God wants us to live in the overflow, all right? So this, this represents you right here, all right? This, this cup of clean water, okay? So God wants us to live in the overflow. But see, let's see, we, we get a high, we come to church, we feel good, right? And then, then you go out back into, into the real world, all right, outside of church, you begin to pour out, 
you, be, you begin to, to just live life, right? And just life hits you. And pretty, pretty soon, you're just living, living on empty. You have nothing else to give, right? And then, and then you come back, and then God, God fills you up a little bit more. Um, so you have that. But you're not careful with your soul. You're not careful with your spirit. Um, nowadays, everybody on Facebook is just coming at each other, right? <laughs> Especially after this election and all that stuff. So let's say you get in some mess like that, and um, somebody pours in some, some junk in you, right? And you're not really flowing. You're just you're kind of like a reservoir like that, right? And then, and then somebody, uh, maybe in your, 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 I don't know, maybe your dad, he just ticks you off, right? He tells you to do something, and that's another, another piece of, of mess in your life, right, and junk. And then, and then you come to church, you come on Tuesdays, and you try to get filled up with God, right? And God fills you, but it still looks like that, right? It doesn't get any, any cleaner. So... God has called us to empty ourselves, and that's what I want to talk about today is all this, how we look sometimes, and our souls look like this. We have, we have all of the weight on the, uh, of the world in our lives, right? It seems like it, but God is calling us to pour that out to him, right? God's calling us to pour all of that out. I'm going to kind of like wash it out here, but because God, God doesn't want us to live off of that, not on empty or with that kind of junk in our lives. What God wants us to do is he wants to fill us up, not only to where, to where we're full like that, because that's pretty good, that's not bad, but he wants us to live life like this, where we're constantly living off of the, the excess, the extra, the overflow, living life like that where you're constantly full, but everything you're pouring out into people, everything you're pouring out into life, it's just extra and that's what the overflow is, and that's what David was talking about. Thanks so much, Gemma. Um, that's what David was talking about when he says, my cup overflows. He says, you anoint my head with oil. And I don't know about you, but me as, a, as a, a preacher of the gospel, as a pastor, and just even besides that, as a Christian, I want to live life like that in the overflow of God's spirit. Because in the overflow of God's spirit, there's, there's peace that the Bible talks about, peace that that um, you can't explain. It's called, it's called peace beyond your understanding. Uh, in the overflow of, of the Spirit of God, there's, there's joy that leaves you speechless. So much joy, and, and there's a difference between joy and, and happiness. Joy, is, it's not based upon your circumstances. It's based upon God's Spirit living in you. He, he fills you with joy even in the, in the craziest circumstances. Um, in the overflow, there's abundance of blessing, Anybody here want to be prosperous and um, be blessed even financially in, in every aspect of your life? See, in, in the overflow of God's spirit, that's where blessings and abundance are in your life. And God wants to do that. He wants to pour out his blessing upon you. And there's even a scripture that says, um, uh, pressed down, shaken together, making room for even more. Um, that's what God wants to do. And also in the overflow of God's spirit, there's real rest. Real rest. And, and sometimes we could just feel just the stress of school, of work, of family life, of different things, of relationships where we don't have any rest. We're constantly stressed. We're constantly worried about the next thing, and we don't have real rest. But Jesus is inviting us to have real rest. Are you all with me? So I want to give you all three steps to doing that first part. 
emptying yourself. Three steps to emptying yourself. This is the first step we're talking about here in this series. Three steps to emptying yourself. All right, so before we can live in the overflow, remember, we have to empty ourselves. So the first step to emptying yourself is to surrender. Surrender. And um, surrender is something we have to constantly be doing. You, You never get to a point, you never get to a position, you never get to a maturity level to where you stop surrendering. Surrender is something you have to do um, every day. And this part is, um, is where you empty your soul. Your soul, you're made up of three parts of a body, which everybody could see, a soul, which is your mind, your will, and your emotions, and your spirit, which comes from God, all right? So we're going to talk about emptying your soul. And your, your soul, like I mentioned, is your mind, your will, and your emotions, so th- this is the way um, we could do this. We gotta, we gotta be able to come to a place where we pour out our heart to God. Have you ever had a, a, a best friend where you just could tell them anything? You could just pour out your heart to them, pour out, hey, they know what you're going through, that you could pour out your struggles, they know your struggles that you're going through, or even a parent or someone close to you where you, you could just talk to them and let them know. That, uh, for me, that's my wife. I could tell her anything I'm going through. I could tell her what, what I'm thinking or what's in my heart. So that's what the way uh, God wants you to be with him, for you to come to him every single day and just pour out your heart and your soul to him. Tell him, God, this is what I'm thinking. That's your mind. God, this is how I'm feeling, your emotions. God, this is what I desire. That's your will. So, Nothing is hidden from God anyways. <laughs> so it's important to be open and transparent to him. So the first thing, surrender your mind. All right, this is, this is very important because your mind, your mind is like an airport. All right, an airport has planes flying in and planes flying out. And whatever plane you decide to board or whatever thought you decide to board is the destination that it's going to take you to. There's a scripture that says, whatever a man thinketh in his heart, so is he. So whatever plane, whatever thought you decide to jump on or board, that's where it's going to take your life. So we have to guard our minds. We have to pour out our minds to God. He already knows your thoughts anyways. So might as well just tell him, God, here's what I'm thinking. All right. And it's not good, but here it is. And uh, this is everything that weighs you down. Because if you think, I mean, (laughs) there's a word right there. If you think about it, right? (laughs) I mean, your mind, it's what what basically leads you in every part of your life. It leads your day. It leads, as soon as you wake up, you have thoughts, right? You go throughout your day, you think. So what, what is it that takes up most of your thoughts? I want you to ask yourself, what do you think about most? What do you think about most? And I want you to surrender that to God, good or bad. It could be something good. It could be something bad. But surrender that to God, whatever you think about most. It could be your struggles. You can't stop thinking about, I can't stop struggling with this. Surrender it to God. It could be your family life. Maybe your family life is, it could be dysfunctional. 
and you don't, you don't know what to do from here, this point on. You're, you're like, hey, <laughs> my family's out of control, and I don't know what to do, God. Okay, well, surrender that to him. Your work life, you don't know what to do for work. Surrender that to him. Your worries, surrender that to him. Your stress, surrender. Can anybody <laughs> identify with any of those? Anxiety, surrender that to him. Fantasies, surrender that to him. Every burden, every weight, Jesus is, is inviting you to surrender those burdens to him. So surrender your mind and also surrender, the next thing is your will. Surrender your will to God. Now your will, this is, uh, this is control. See, everybody, nobody likes to not be in control, right, of your own life. Especially, I mean, just what's going on in this world right now, it just everything seems like it's out of control. But let me tell you something, it, uh, God has everything under control. You have to remember that. So there's no better person to surrender your will than to God because he already has everything under control. So surrender control. Also, your will could represent your passions, your desires, things that you want to do. Things, uh, it, it could even represent your sin. Those are things, your will, that's your soul. Surrender that to God. Is there anybody here who could be honest and say that you're a backseat driver? Y'all know what a backseat driver is? Yeah, a couple of y'all. Um, I'm, I'm a bad backseat driver, and my wife could tell you that. <laughs> um, but a backseat driver, what they do is they, they tell you they're not driving right, they don't have the wheel, they're either in the backseat or in the, the, the passenger side but they're like, slow down, speed up, right? Stop. <laughs> wait, we turn here, turn here, turn there, right? Get in this lane. <laughs> Pass this guy. <laughs> it's, it's green. The light's green. Go. And 99% um, of the time, I'm driving because <laughs> I am a bad, seat, bad, bad backseat driver. And my wife's kind of like, just like, okay, you want to drive then? <laughs> um, but I, I don't like the way my wife drives because she, um, she's not in here right now, so I could, t I could talk about her driving. But she, uh, <laughs> what she does is she, like, she accelerates really um, fast right away, and then she also, right at the last minute before she gets to the car, she's, she slams on the brakes too. So I'm like, man, you're just wearing out our brakes like crazy. Um, I remember one time where um, my family was on vacation and uh, if any of you knows, knows my dad, um, he's a very cool, calm, and collective person. All right, he's super, I mean, he's not gonna be loud. He's, he's really uh, quiet, reserved. Um, but one time we were traveling um, on vacation one time, and he drives everywhere when we, when we were younger. Of course, he drove everywhere. And uh, my mom, she's the worst backseat driver I've ever known in my life. <laughs> she, she would tell my dad to turn here, turn there, this and that. And uh, one time we were on vacation and my entire family as we were uh, younger days uh, in, our, in our SUV or van, I don't know what we were in at the time. And um, we were all just nagging on my dad as he was driving. And he's a super cool, calm, collective man. Doesn't, doesn't ever get angry or raise his voice or anything. And I remember this time that we were kind of like, oh my gosh, dad, like turn, like, turn here, like this and that. And uh, oh my gosh, dad, you almost hit that person. And we were just constantly complaining as a family to him. And um, out of nowhere, what, he just completely just snapped. 
And he just stopped the car and he's like, all right. He's like, well, who wants to drive then? And well, all of us were just like quiet, like, oh, shoot. <laughs> this is dad talking. And so we all just shut up. We didn't say a word. And so nobody um, volunteered to drive. So he's like, all right then. Well, then y'all be quiet. And so he kept going. But how many of us are like that with God? And, and we tell him to lead our lives. We say, here, God, here's control. But we're, we're backseat drivers while he's driving, while he's steering the ship or while he's driving. And we tell him, God, turn here. God, whoa, 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 stop, slow down. God, can you speed up, please? Uh, I'm tired of being in, this, in this, this situation. Can you speed it up? God, can you, can you get in this lane, God? Can you pass that person up, God? Until one day, God's going to just be like, all right, you take, you take the wheel then. <laughs> Since you don't want me to be in control, you take the wheel. And, but we have to learn how to, to stop, relax, and trust what God is doing, that he knows what he's doing in our lives. And we have to stop and give him control. Surrender your soul to him, your mind, your will, your emotions. Surrender your trust to him. Amen? James 4, 7 says, says this. It says, submit yourselves then to God. Resist the devil and he will flee from you. So another word for surrender is submit. Submit to God. He, he knows what's best for you. Submit yourselves to God and it says, resist, resist the devil and he will flee from you. And then the third thing with surrender is surrender your emotions to God. Some of us are more emotional than others, right? Is there anybody here who's emotional? More of the women, right? Some of the, some of the fellas to you. Um, emotions. So th- th- this is your frustrations with life, with people. And people are frustrating, right? Especially people on social media. They're frustra- frustrating sometimes. Um, you're, this, is, this is anger. If anybody here is, if, if you get angry over things, surrender that to God. Doubts, if you're, if you're doubting where God has placed you, if you're doubting God, that's a feeling. Surrender that to him. Um, any kind of feelings that you have, empty yourself out of those things. Pour them out to God. Like I mentioned a moment ago, nothing is hidden from him. Anyways, he already knows your heart. He already knows your struggles. He knows all those things. He just wants you to approach him as a loving father that he is. Are y'all with me? Jesus uh, said, come like a little child to God. Come like a little child. That's the way he wants you to come to him. And I'm going to mention that scripture here in a moment. But, but Jesus wants you, uh, God wants you to approach him as a loving father because that's who he is. He already knows everything. He's not going to be shocked. He's going to be like, oh, my gosh, I didn't know you did that. (laughs) Oh, my gosh, I didn't know you were thinking that way. No, he already knows every one of our thoughts. The Bible says he knows every hair that is on your head. (laughs) I don't know why. I don't know why that's important, right? But he knows the hairs that you have and the hairs that you're losing. (laughs) Um, So just know that he knows he delights in the detail of your life. So surrender these things. Surrender your soul to him. Also, let me tell you something else in, in this part of emptying yourself, emptying and surrendering your soul. There's nothing wrong 
with talking to a counselor, a godly counselor. All right? That's actually, I encourage you to do so. I encourage you to do so. What I encourage you not to do is to empty yourself on Facebook. There's a lot of people out there that empty themselves on there, and they let, they let everybody know their heart, their feelings, and really, I don't know if that, that helps them or not, but that's not gonna, I don't think it's really going to get them anywhere. Really, what you need to do, you do need an outlet, okay? You, have, you Don't bottle things up and feelings and emotions inside. Pour them out to God, but also find a godly counselor or mentor to pour out these things as well. Your struggles, your sin, your worries, and have them pray with you. Have them um, even just be there to listen to you. Sometimes I know me, when, when, when guys come up to me, sometimes I don't have anything to tell them, but just being able to be there and to listen to them, that's all that they need. They just need an outlet, a godly counselor to just listen to them. So I encourage y'all to do that. I encourage you not to use social media as your outlet, all right? <laughs> um, so that's the first thing is, uh, is to surrender. The second step to emptying yourself is empty yourself uh, with forgiveness, all right? The second step is forgiveness. See, uh, many times we carry unforgiveness or bitterness in our, in our hearts, and it's a weight on us. It's a burden on us, and we expect the person that we're holding grudges against or bitterness towards, and we think that it's affecting them, but really all, we're the ones that are carrying that, not them. So it's important to let go of those grudges and the people who have hurt you. And th this many times can be the most overlooked issue in a Christian's life. Because a lot of times we just try to, try to stuff that. Like, oh, that's not bothering me. And you stuff it down deep inside your soul and you carry it in there. But deep inside you do have unforgiveness or bitterness towards somebody. And it could be a family member, it could be a mom, it could be a dad, it could be a brother. And most, most of the times, it could, be, it could be someone who's close to us, a family member. And you hold, that, you hold that in your heart. See, a lot of times when it's somebody you don't really care about, you can let go of it easily. You don't see them, right? But mostly the people you see all the time, the people that are supposed to be there for you, that are supposed to love you the most, could sometimes hurt you the most. So if that's you... I want, I want you to start letting them go, letting those grudges go, letting that bitterness go. And I'm going to read a, a, a few scriptures. Matthew, Matthew chapter 5, verse 23 says, So if you are presenting a sacrifice at the altar in the temple. So this, this, is, this is Jesus speaking, saying, If you're at church and you're about to give your offering or give a sacrifice to God or give something to God, and you suddenly remember that someone has something against you. He says, leave your sacrifice there at the altar. Go and be reconciled to that person. Then come and offer your sacrifice to God. He's saying to leave, leave your offering there. Like that's not important. The most important thing is to just be right with your brother or your sister. Be right with, with your neighbor. Also uh, in Matthew chapter 6, the next chapter over at verse 14, says, If you forgive those who sin against you, your heavenly Father will forgive you. But if you refuse to forgive others, your Father will not forgive your sins. That's pretty deep, huh? 
And a lot of times that can be overlooked in a Christian's life. And we think everything's okay, but we don't realize that we're holding, holding those things in our heart. But that's something that we have to empty ourselves of and we have to start forgiving. Empty yourself of any bitterness that you're holding onto. And the greatest example of this is Jesus. Think of Jesus' example. He, man, the, those people mocked him. They spit on him. What if somebody spit in your face? What would you do? They beat him. They pulled out his beard. And they nailed him to a cross. And he let them do it. And his response he prayed for them. He said, God, have mercy on them. He said, they're ignorant. He says, forgive them for they know not what they do. And if we could have that same perspective that Jesus had and have that same heart towards our neighbor, towards our, our, our family members and say, God, I know they hurt me, but they're blind. They didn't know what they're doing. They're ignorant. And you have to begin to forgive them and pray for them. And, and I know it's hard to do, and some situations are harder than others. But I encourage you to start praying for those people. If anybody you have anything against, pray for them and watch how God starts to change your heart. So that's the second thing is, is forgiveness. And the third step to emptying yourself is repentance. And I, I woke up with this word in my spirit of repentance and, um, and I, I, I heard the Holy Spirit clearly just speak that word to me. It's just repentance and how important it is for us to, to live a life of repentance. repentance. And, and many people think repentance means just to turn a 180 from your sin. And um, that's what it causes you to do. But what repentance actually means, it comes from a Greek word that means metanoia, which means to change your mind or change the way you think about your sin. So not only turn from it, but to change your mind about it. Allow, uh, repent, repent from that, whatever you did, and, you, and, and not just say, God, I'm sorry, but just, no, allow him to change your mind about it. See, that's how we begin to change and to begin to live life in the spirit when you begin to change your mind. Um, here's the thing, repent from any ignorant sin. A lot of us, a lot of times we have ignorant sin, which means unknowing sin, sin that we, don't, that we didn't really realize that we committed. Uh, Psalm 139, verse 23 and 24 says, Search me, O God, and know my heart. Test me and know my anxious thoughts. Point out anything in me that offends you and lead me along the path of everlasting life. See, that should be our hearts. Uh, we should come before God and say, God, there's nothing I know of that I did wrong, but if there is anything in me, search my heart. I don't want to be blind to it. I don't want to be ignorant to anything that's displeasing to you. Are y'all hearing me? Psalm 66, verse uh, 18 and 19 says, If I had not confessed the sin in my heart, the Lord would not have listened. But God did listen. He paid attention to my prayer. And uh, like I mentioned, sometimes we could just be ignorant of it. But this is something that we have to, that's why if we live a life of repentance, 
God could reveal these things to us. He could help us to grow. He could increase our convictions. This is why it's so important to live a life of repentance, always asking God to search your heart. Also, repent of knowing sin, of known sin, and willing sin, deliberate sin that you've committed, and you knew it was wrong, but you did it anyway. So repent of that. I like uh, David's example of this in Psalms 51. This is when David actually committed adultery. And verse, uh, it's actually verse 1 through 7. It says, Have mercy on me, O God, because of your unfailing love, because of your great compassion, blot out the stains of my sins. Wash me clean from my guilt. Purify me from my sin, for I recognize my rebellion. It haunts me day and night. Against you and you alone have I sinned. I have done what is evil in your sight, and you will be proved right in what you say, and your judgment is against me is just. For I was born a sinner, yes, from the moment my mother conceived me, but you desire honesty from the womb, teaching me wisdom even there. Purify me from my sins, and I will be clean. Wash me, and I will be whiter than snow. See, God has called us to live and, and to, to pray those kind of prayers, all right? Live a life of repentance. And it, it takes, uh, to repent, it takes humility. See, it, we have to be able to be humble before God and say, God, I humble myself. It takes a soft heart. And, and we have to be careful to guard our heart uh, from pride because a lot of times we could sometimes get self-righteous and we've been doing good for a little while and we begin to rely on our own strength and our own good deeds and we, we begin to become proud. But the Bible says that pride goes before destruction. So we have to guard our hearts from becoming hard. And, and the thing about pride is we can't see when we're prideful. It blinds us. Um, so as I come to a close with this, um, with this message, if you look around this generation, this generation is, is very loud. This generation is very proud, right? We're living uh, in a generation that's very hard-hearted. And everyone thinks they're right. <laughs> and many people are far from God. But God is calling every single one of us closer. He's not judging us. He's calling us closer to him. He's calling us to a, a life of repentance. He's calling us to a life of, of surrender. He's calling us to a life of forgiveness. And he's calling us to a life of emptying ourselves of the old things and letting him fill us with with new things. And let me tell you something, guys. There's, there's no shame in repentance. There's no shame in repentance. It doesn't mean, <laughs> it, it doesn't mean that you're some crazy sinner out there, you're not saved or anything like that. No, we all need repentance in our lives. Uh, Matthew 18, 2, this is the last scripture. It says, Jesus called a little child to himself and put the child among them. Then he said, I tell you the truth. 
Unless you turn from your sins and become like little children, you will never get into the kingdom of heaven. So anyone who becomes as humble as this little child is the greatest in the kingdom of God. So he wants us to become like little children coming to him, dependent on him. See, with children, they're totally dependent on their parents. They're not independent. They're not like, I'm gonna, well, I'm going to do this by myself, mom and dad, right? I'm talking about little children, right? When you become teenagers, that's, some, that's a different story. But children, like my children are small. They're, they're two and three years old. And um, man, I was so uh, touched yesterday with the story that happened. Uh, <laughs> uh, Ezra was acting up. My son Ezra, he's three years old. He was acting up and um, he's graduated from just be getting spankings to getting spankings with a belt now, all right? So he, he, the, the Bible says, do not spare the rod, all right? So we, we do, um, and I, I hate it. I don't like spanking, but it, it's to be able to teach him and instruct him and discipline him. But um, really, in reality, the only time he gets a spanking is when he hurts his sister, all right? When he hurts her and, and she really gets hurt. So yesterday he hurt her, all right? And so he had to get disciplined. He had to get a spanking. But what happened after was something that God, God kind of showed me. And what happened after he got a spanking, he was crying. And if you could just look at his face, like uh, it makes me want to cry just looking at his face right now. But um, after he got a spanking, I was the one that had to do it, all right? So I, had to, I was the one that had to give him the spanking. And he looked at me and he looked around. He was crying and he had nowhere to go. Usually he runs to his mom or if, if his mom spanks him, then he'll run to me. But he looked around and, and he didn't run to his mom. He looked at me and he said, daddy. And he just came to me and ran and he hugged me after he got a spanking from me. And so God showed me, he's like, that's the way I want you to be. That's the way I want my people, my children to be, to run to me. And even when they get disciplined, to run to me as a loving father. father. And I know that the reason that Ezra ran to me is because he knows I love him. He knows how much I love him. He knows the moments that we have, the, the quality time that we have together, the moments that I, I tell him how much I love him and how much I'm proud of him. And I speak that over his life. So he knows that he can run to me even when he's in trouble. So I wanna encourage you guys to know that when you're in trouble, it doesn't matter even if you did sin against God, especially if you sin against God, <laughs> don't run to anyone else. Run to God, run to him, because you know he's a loving father. You know that he's there waiting for you. He's there waiting to accept you, to hold you and to hug you. Amen. So at this moment, let's just, let's bow our heads. Let's close our eyes and let's allow the Holy Spirit just to continue to, to speak, continue to speak to us. And God's plans for you, young people, are so great. He's calling you to so much greater. He's calling you to live life in the overflow, not to barely be making it in your faith, not to barely be getting by, not to be living in doubt or fear, but to be living in faith to be living in his, his, his peace, his joy, his love, his abundance. 
So at this moment, just in your own words, you could just say, God, I surrender to you. God, I surrender this to you. God, I even, I forgive that person. Come on. Don't leave here without pouring out to God. Don't leave this place without pouring out your heart, without pouring out your soul to him. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, God, for your presence. You're so good, Lord. You are so worthy, God. You are so merciful, Father. Thank you, God, for your mercy. We even say right now, we just come to you, Father, and we repent, Lord God, of of God, of anything in our hearts, God, that is not of you, of any sin, of any known sin, of any willing sin, of any ignorant sin, God. We just say just to, to search our hearts, God, cleanse us, purify us, God. Renew our minds tonight, God. Don't let us be conformed to this world, but God, let us be transformed by the renewing of our minds, God. I pray you just continue to to fill us with your spirit. Overflow, God. That's what God wants to do. He wants to pour out his spirit upon you. Rivers of living water flowing through you. Holy Spirit, come. Have your way in us, God. We surrender, God. Take out the old and fill us with the new, God. We trust you, Lord. We surrender. Come on, if if that's you and you want to just uh, empty yourself, you could just stand to your feet and just lift up your hands and say, God, I, I empty myself of all the things, God, that are that are man-made, God. All the things that I got myself into, I give them over to you, God. Every burden, every weight. Every anxious thought, every worry, God, I give it to you, Lord. And I trust you with it. Come on, just lift up your hands. Surrender. That, that's a sign. That's an international sign of surrender. God, we submit our wills to you, God. We submit our minds. Thank you, Holy Spirit, God. Have your way in us. Have your way in us. Have your way in us, God. Holy Spirit, convict us, God. Convict us of of anything, God, that we could be speaking in our lives, anything that we could be doing that is not of you. Give us conviction, God. Lord, draw us closer, Lord. Draw us closer to your heart. God, let us have, just like, like David's heart, God, a heart after yours, God. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Holy Spirit. In Jesus' name, in Jesus' name I pray. Amen, amen. Thanks for listening to the message. If you'd like to stay up to date with what's happening at Limitless, follow us on Instagram and like us on Facebook at Hop Limitless. If you enjoyed the message today, please subscribe so that you'll always be in the know of our latest content. We'll catch you next time on the Limitless Podcast.